Hey everybody, this is Damian G from the Big Gold Belt Podcast. And if you're located in the Dallas-Fort Worth area like I am, and you have an old school gaming arcade itch you want to scratch, I suggest you go to Free Play Arcade that has three locations throughout the DFW area in Arlington, Richardson, and Fort Worth respectively. It's got all your classic arcade faves from Pac-Man to Pinball to Street Fighter 2. It is your one-stop shop for all your arcade needs. Add to that a full-fledged bar with multiple beers on tap along with impeccable and strict cleaning and social distancing protocols. It's been rated five stars by the Dallas Morning News for four years running. That is Free Play Arcade. You can find us at freeplayinc.com slash save the arcade, where if you want to contribute and you can't make it out to the arcade, you can purchase gift cards, swag, t-shirts, stickers, coasters, and the like. That is freeplayinc.com slash save the arcade. And I hope to see you there. What up, everybody, and happy Thursday, and welcome back to the Bid Go Belt Podcast. This is episode 299, which means we're one episode away from our 300th episode. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, before we get started for the night, definitely want to start the show off by absolutely saying rest in peace to the first ever Intercontinental Champion and WWE Hall of Famer, Pat Patterson. Um, that news of him passing uh, broke earlier this week. Definitely made sure we uh, uh, we, we we put it up on our social medias and all that stuff. But just wanted to make sure we start off the podcast with that. Um, next is our 300th episode. So I know we got a show to do tonight, but let me just break the news really quick for next week. So next week, we're going to be doing a stream. Live stream with you all from um, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 p.m. Two hours. And that two hours of us, we're just going to kick it. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have some uh, guests jump on and um, interact with us a little bit, throwing us some topics, maybe interviewing us a little bit, getting to know us a little bit better, as well as fully uh, in, uh, excuse me, interacting with fans. So by all means, seven o'clock next week, all the way to nine, jump in, uh, give us topics to talk about, ask us questions. Uh, the show is completely going to be a free for all. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Again, it's our 300 episodes. So we're definitely um, just want to kind of re- reflect on how we started, where we came from uh, to the point that we're at now. But that def- definitely uh, give our love and thanks to everyone who's been supporting us for over the last I don't know what how long has it been Sellers five years uh, well th- it's, it's you Sellers he's he's commuting yeah, right five now five years okay there you go I was, wondering, I was wondering why he's in the dog. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look at that. I, I'm doing my Shamari Stone impersonation. I'm doing my Shamari Stone uh, impersonation for News Four. 
Uh, but yeah, five years, 2015, man. <laughs> committed, committed, committed. So uh, we look always next week. Uh, but uh, gentlemen, how's that right doing tonight? Damien, good to see you. Jamal, good to see you. Um, Sellis, good to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> always good to be heard. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, last night, obviously, on Wednesday night, uh, AEW and NXT, a lot of crazy things happened. And we're going to jump right in with the whole main event, the Kenny Omega and John Moxley for the AEW uh, World Heavyweight Championship, where we've seen uh, a new champion. Kenny Omega is now your champion. But not just that, and not just about the match, which was good and definitely pay-per-view quality and worthy. But if you remember about maybe two, maybe three episodes ago, well, whenever Full Gear was, we, we talked about um, things that jumped out to us at Full Gear. And I remember a lot of us definitely noted about Don Callis Don, being on commentary. Don Callis is uh, the vice uh, president of Impact Wrestling. Jamal, and I quote, said if Don Callis wanted a ticket to the show, he would have got one. He would have hung out backstage. The fact that he was on commentary, the fact that they announced that, you know, what his uh, uh, title is of Impact Wrestling, we knew it was something to be made. We kind of seen that came to fruition as we got Shall I say a Jacksonville screw screw drop last night for for, <laughs> for like whatever it's worth? But uh, the the big thing that we want to talk about here is now Don Callis says, "Well, if you want to know why I did this, tune in to Tuesday night. If you don't know, Tuesday night is when Impact Wrestling airs on Access TV." And this has caused a lot of reactions from people. Some people scratching their heads. Some people in excitement. Some people driving their car right off of a cliff. Uh, but I want to. With that being said, I want to throw it around to you all. What do you make of this? And how should this be done? And as well, what do you think is also to come? You know, the following night, or weeks to come. What's the big picture here? All right, and Jamal, I definitely want to start off with you on this one. So, I mean, there, there are a couple of different layers to it. I think the first thing is, uh, to what extent is their uh, AW and Impact's deal? What does it cover? Obviously, they're making no secret about the fact that Kenny Omega is going to show up on, on uh, Impact next Tuesday. But what does that mean? Jordan Grace uh, it was tweeting out all kind of fantasy matches uh, that she would like to see happen. Uh, all last night, it seemed that, you know, they did a really good job of keeping a surprise from both locker rooms. So everybody popped at the same time. So on, on one level, yeah, we do have a bunch of uh, fantasy booking implications where it's like, are we going to have the North versus Pride and Powerful again? Are they going to recognize the Pride and Powerful were actually something else in Impact? Are we going to see um, Nat Bailey, also known as Diamante versus her actual uh, gal pal, Kira um, Hogan. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of fantasy implications that happen. You know, Chris Statlander versus Jordan Grace would be fun to watch on national television. Um, there's a slew of people. Uh, and then what is it, where, where does MWA fit into this? Are we going to see Rosa on Impact? Are, are we going to see Serena Deeb on Impact? You know, like that. there's, there's all of those things. And then, of course, there is the um, uh, on the next level, 
building this story. I mean, obviously we're waiting for whatever Kitty and, and um, Callis are going to do, but the next pay-per-view, AEW has four a year, and the rest are major, you know, bookmarked uh, Dynamite versus a Dynamite. Are, th- are we going to see um, an AEW representation of Bound for Glory or whatever their next pay-per-view is? Um, hard, hard to kill. Hard to kill yeah. in January. Right. So are we going to mm-hmm. see them? You know, at a thing? Will we have an X-Division champion in AEW? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, will we have somebody like that? So, you know, uh, as much as I would love to see Rich Swan or, like, Walter Hobbs, not, well, not Walter, but uh, Will Hobbs versus uh, um, Willie Mack. Oh. Yeah, Willie Mack. I knew you were going with this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need um, that face it, one more time. Like, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah I need that right now. Uh-huh. Um, Jericho versus Ethan Page. I need that right now. Um, so, I mean, there's so many different ways to go about it, but it would be a damn shame to see the door opened just a little bit, and it only evolves, and it only intersects in a couple different places. Um, yeah. Especially since AEW has done a pretty decent job of establishing themselves with career talent and then putting in new stars like you know, top flighter on their way up, and they've had some showcase matches on Dynamite. Uh, you know, Serena Deeb has kind of come out of nowhere, though she's been bubbling on the surface for for a long while, and now she's definitely a person of note. Um, Abaddon versus Rosemary. I need the T-shirt right now. I need that. I do need that too. Right now. I, mean, I don't know if I'm ready for that. God, I need, I need it right now. Um, so I mean, there's so there's a lot that goes with you have Jazz. You're know, working with the Impact Women. Um, which is very interesting. Will that act? Will, I mean, like, at what level of integration are we talking about? Yeah, and, and that's look, something I, that remains to be seen. And that—that's why I wanted to start with you because I—I I, I knew a little bit of the position you were going to come with. This it's a lot of people, first name people are doing. I'm even seeing graphics being made of Impact versus um, AEW, and I don't know how oh. anyone is even position themselves to even come out and fist the lift to say invasion. It's not literally sure a that, collaboration. What are you talking about? I, I literally, I, I, just to be clear, in case anybody's not sure, if you want to talk about comparisons, WWE wanted WCW to go away. Yeah. WCW wanted WWE to go away. That is tension. These mm-hmm. two, both from all the stuff we've seen on TV, from media calls, stuff we've just been covering over the last two months, Everyone is saying the doors is open. Scott Demore of Impact has been saying he fully blessed the North versus FTR. Cody has said in the AEW uh, Full Gear uh, media uh, scrum said, we are open for business. Mm-hmm. And then again, no one is hiding the fact of where people have worked, their past accolades, and na- naming other companies, they're completely changing this unwritten rule of you can't name other promotions. Impact has TJP working MLW, New Japan. You got Chris Bay going to New Japan. Chris Bay is in the title, the world uh, title picture, which I, I just keep thinking to myself, if Chris Bay goes to New Japan with the Impact World Heavyweight Championship, I, I, I just don't know what to think. Like, that's just that's just where I see them as a company saying we are we're we're expanding by any means and we're going to self we're going to promote in whatever ways we can partnerships, deals, nothing battle, nothing with tension. This is exactly mm-hmm. the contradiction of what everyone is saying. I just don't understand how people are coming out saying invasion. 
And the, the real question is, what will the stadium stampede look like that includes AEW and, and NXT? Now, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, AEW and Impact. I was about to say. Now, 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 the one thing Cody was adamant about was that they would never cross brand a show, which means that. Much like Jamal is saying, matches can be matches potentially couldn't be worked on whatever respective brand, but you'll never see a pay-per-view that says a pay-per-view brought to you by AW and Impact. That's not happening. Nope. The Super J Cut, Super J Cup. But Cody says Cody has said it's not happening. And I'm guessing I mean, there's until it happens. Because we've seen a lot of times before where you, you say never and then you say never. And then well, it goes off without a hitch. And the next thing you know, in the middle of the year, we have, um, you know, Impact versus AEW in like a Survivor Series type of theme pay-per-view. Yeah. July 2021. And, and, and to be clear, that's still not a battle, folks, because people are this crazy on the internet. But no, Jamal, but, but you're, you're right. Everything that's happened this year is something we would have never thought would have happened. The NWA championship being the most the featured title in AEW is is a thing. You just would have never thought. So it's just it's 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 definitely opening up the realm of possibilities for much bigger and better and greater things in professional wrestling moving forward. So um definitely definitely cannot wait to see what's gonna happen Tuesday. Now, Damian, let me throw this to you. Of all of wrestling right now, all of wrestling, who are the winners and who are the losers? Oh, we're doing this like I'm Adrian Wojnarowski. Okay, Woj bomb, Woj bomb. All right, then sellers, get ready for bio sale next. Okay, <laughs> I got you. I'm ready. Here, here, here's my winners. Here, my winners here are Impact Wrestling for one, the talent, and I actually wrote this now. I said the winner here is us, the fans, and I'm going to tell right. you why. Because when the pandemic started, we all talked about how wrestling was going to recover after 2020 mm. took over and just almost destroyed all of our entertainment dollars, wrestling in general, the human race, whatever you want to say. We all laughed and said, what's the what's the randomest thing that's going to happen out of 2020 in wrestling if it all goes to pot? And we literally said a working agreement amongst all non-WWE organizations, we said, excluding Ring of Honor because it's Ring of Honor. So yeah. we literally said that was going to happen as a joke. And look where we're at now at December 3rd, 2020. And we can go back in the episode logs. We probably said it back in like April, May. We have NWA. We have Impact. We have AEW. To your point, Two Chains, New Japan, working together to create wrestling content in 2020. And all of us are, and the, and the, the, the fans who are foot on the ground, like Jamal and myself and all of us concluded, are saying, think of the good matchups we could finally see that aren't restricted by contracts and loopholes and, and I'm invisible walls. Like, or for instance, when, um, what's his face? When EC3 was doing his narrative and he was working at all yep. these promotions, right? So now all these promotions said, okay, well, the talent want to do it. Why don't we do it as organizations? Why don't we have a talent exchange and we do it that way? And, Where we Go ahead. And I was going to say, and he's at final battle uh, against Jay Briscoe for our right. way. So like, this is happening still. <laughs> yeah. So here we are laughing about it back in April. It's coming to fruition now. 
And what makes me happiest most of all, it gets people stupidly behaving as if to your point that gives us that gives us content to make fun of. Yeah. Because because the the, the the Alvarez's of the world, the Meltzers of the world, the JRs of the world, they're all pooping in their pants. And all the super fans who are saying NXT is going to die now, blah, WWE is going to go down. Good. Keep acting stupid. You know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be watching really freaking good wrestling because I know you're scared of it too, James, but give me Abaddon versus Rosemary. I need my nightmare fuel. I need I'm to just, be scared. I'm out confused. Of my I got this. I got jump Sue Young. I mean, she's just laying right there, you know? Oh, sh- <laughs> well, well, yeah. Well, the, the undead bride is corpsing there in the corner. So give me that too. And here's, <laughs> and before we throw it to Marcellus to do by, by ourselves, uh, I just want to say, the funny thing about this whole merger thing is we are forgetting the fact that we had a title change last night at AEW. Some would say we expected this. This was this was anticlimactic except for the finish, but it was a really good wrestling match last night between John Moxley and Kenny Omega. A little paint by numbers when you got to the ending for the schmaziness, yeah. but still a good match. So you know what, Marcellus, buy or sell. Are you buying or selling this unification <laughs> of all these organizations, or are you still like, eh, on the fence about it? So I am absolutely 100% buying, but this is what I'm selling. I'm selling that it doesn't need to be immediate. Slow burn this, because you don't want to jump on this, because if you let this fire burn out too quickly because you want to jump on it because it's very hot right now, you're missing opportunities for big things that can come if you're looking for summer 2021 maybe fall 2021, where you can build this thing up to have maybe, like Jamal said, a big-time pay-per-view. Just imagine this. Would you spend $100 to see a pay-per-view with some of these dream matches that you've never seen? Would you pay $100 for that? I think I would because you never, ever get a chance to see this again if you build it the right way. I, I I just be clear on the lines of when something like this big has happened, uh, in boxing, obviously, is the the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, and the reason why yeah. I draw that to that is Perfect. because you had people who were exclusive to HBO, one was exclusive to Showtime, yep. and you have the two major premium channels. He's like, well, who's, who's showing the fight? And they're like, you know what? Make the pay per view one twenty, I think it was in yep. HD. Yep, mm-hmm. and split it up. So, and again, I, I won't. I'm not fully on board with the big mega show cross promotion thing happening, but I am on board for whoever may be in the in the in the middle of this. And what I mean by that are people in rest of talent who has their own promotions and so on. Like I, I mean, like the Good Brothers and Talking Shop and how they just were using talent wherever they want. They're just like, well, you know, it's your promotion. Do whatever you want to do. Wonder if there's a happy medium here with somebody in between that could possibly do this that way. I mean, because when you use AEW name, you know, you're not just using AEW, you're using Warner Media yes. and all that. So, oh, by the way, um, speaking of Warner Media, and I just want to throw this out before I forget uh, Wonder Woman 84 is coming out Christmas. Yep, HBO mm-hmm. Max. On HBO Max. That's not the news here. 4K HDR 10. Adobe Atmos and Adobe Vision. Yep. All I'm going to say is... Let me add to that. Let me add to that. Warner Brothers said earlier today that all of their movies are going to be Yeah, this is the news, yes. HBO Max. Simultaneously. Yeah. So, the 
Well, I'm throwing it out there is that <laughs> Warner Brother, I mean, Warner Media is getting out of hand right now. I mean, they're just doing whatever they want to do, and they're just completely changing that. I am still one hundred percent, one hundred percent need to because they are definitely behind the eight ball when it comes yeah. to HBO Max, and they are taking on water on that as a, as it's relevant to Netflix and Hulu and and Amazon and Disney and Peacock. So they definitely need to drum up some stiff competition. Uh, let me add, let me add one aside. Uh, Warner Media definitely let AEW gave them green light to use the whole Game of Thrones motif for their thing, uh, for their whole presentation. And I think that that's A, cool. B, how many different balls is Tony uh, Tony Khan juggling as he's talking to Warner Media to get the show put together? He's talking to Impact for their relevance in the show. And then, of course, he has all of these other people that he's working with and, and talent and all these other things uh, dealing with the NWA. The only people that he's really not talking to, as far as a major credible federation, is Japan, who coincidentally has a new owner. So 2021 may actually be bigger than 2020 as far as wrestling goes. And, and mm. I, I mean, this is this this potentially could just be a reach here, but I'm thinking Khan has the knowledge uh, and and has you know some of the stakeholders involved here. I don't think he has like the connections like Omega and the Bucks have. So I think when it comes down to he's juggling everything, I think there's just enough trust in the personnel under him and saying, "Well, Omega, you can handle the impact thing. You and Don Callis are like this. Just come back and let me know whatever it is, whatever I need to sign. The Bucks merchandise deal." toy deals, the games, whatever it may be, you can handle that stuff. Just come back and let me know. You got Brandy doing all the inclusion work. So I think like, I think he does have like a super, super strong structure of people who just are knowledgeable in the fields that they're handling and have the right connections and partnerships that he doesn't necessarily have to have his hand in everything. And if any of y'all have ever worked in a job where there's bosses on top of bosses, it's good to know that your boss isn't always on your ass about stuff when you can have your own trust to do what you need to do. So, but that's what I, I was just about to say that too. Tandem for them. But I was just about to say that too. When you think about a business model, this business model is probably the first aspect where you have an owner with the money is letting some of his top talent saying, "Okay, guys, I trust your resources. I trust your connections. Let's try to make this happen in a big global way." Vince would never do this. WCW has never done this. So this is like the first time that somebody is going to be able to do something like this, which is a successful business model by trusting your employees to take leadership opportunities. Like that's what a learning organization is, where you try to build that up from the bottom up in a way where your bottom is speaking the same language as your top and everybody's on the same page. And when that happens in any type of business, dangerous thing of the possibilities and potentials that can happen, especially with wrestling. And I would agree with you, Jamal, 2021 could probably make some bigger impacts in wrestling that will set the industry for a total, total makeover that we never saw before. The word is monumental here. It's it's, it's almost unprecedented what 2021 could do at this rate. We're just about to step into 2021. And I got to say, coming in 2020, we all thought 2020 was going to be a big year outside of COVID. And the beginning of the year, you know, had some momentum. But considering well, I, mean, I would how- argue that it was a big year. I mean, like, and, we, and we're obviously going to do like a retrospective thing closer towards the end uh, of the year. But just a, a couple big flashpoints that, yeah, there were some big, big deals. We saw MLW come back in, in a reimagined mm-hmm. way. 
Uh, we saw, uh, you know, Ring of Honor come back and, and had their uh, tournament that when they came back, that was a pretty damn good deal. Impact, which was dead in the water a few years ago, is definitely reemerged, you know, just under the buzzer as, as the year goes. WWE has had their, um, uh, their toughest test as a company by far. Um, and they still managed to actually, and actually reinvent the wheel in a few ways in that the Thunderdome now exists and it's not stupid. Um, yeah. AEW, in only their second year of existence, um, has had the biggest threat to their company and they have managed to turn that around and are doing numbers that rival what they did before the March and before the pandemic. So I'm not wanna, saying that... I want to add two things too. And AEW, using indie talent, has kept... Tables fed that may not have been working, uh, or or being able, or pe- people being able to provide because of the structure with AEW Dark and the and then the in the capacity of what they're doing as well. And also, I, I, this may be a reach too, but like if it wasn't for Linda McMahon, Vince McMahon, wrestling may not be an essential sport in Florida. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and nothing would yeah. be anything. That's a good point. Yeah, right? People, like people want to. Uh, I mean, like. You could argue, you could always argue to your dying day that having wrestling come back was not the, not the move. $18 million later, we're talking about Impact versus AEW. <laughs> so that will, history will always judge that with like kind of a foggy lens. But as far as, you know, last night goes, that was, you know, a pretty damned um, monumental thing. And obviously going back on it for the whole year, We've had some pretty monumental moments, you know, from, you know, the WrestleMania that wasn't to, you know, them moving in and to uh, the big, big way. And also next week. Um, not, yeah, not this week, but the week after the um, uh, Raw is going to be done over again as they move into Tropicana Field. Yep. So we don't know what that's going to look like. So you do, obviously, because you keep predicting these that things. Was your idea. <laughs> it was his idea. So is this something you want to tell us, sir? I'm waiting for your to come through. I definitely have ideas of how I would do it. But, but either way, um, that, but that's the thing that's going to debut next week. And then, you know, War Games is this weekend. And the women's match was fantastic last night. So mm-hmm. yeah, 20, I mean, like, for all that it is, and yes, Half a million people will die from the virus by March. That's almost a lock right now, unfortunately, because, you know, Thanksgiving is one of Thanksgiving. And yeah. Christmas is one of Christmas. But if there's any silver lion in this dumpster fire of a year, <laughs> it's the fact that it may be the most memorable year in wrestling in a very that. long time. I, know, I can almost end the show on that. <laughs> God, that's brilliant. Also, I got, I got a PS5 and I'm two, 2K is calling right now. So can... <laughs> also, Sting. Let's not forget. No, yeah, forget about that. Yeah, yeah, about Sting. Oh, yeah, I'm forgetting about Sting. That's right. No, no, no. We'll save Sting for about two more minutes, really quick. Let me see what this comment says real fast. Oh, you know what? No, no, no. We're gonna bring in Steve a Sting right now because coming in hot is my guy. <laughs> what's, up, buddy? <laughs> what's up, gentlemen? I'm running yeah, a little will. late, but I'm here. <laughs> Did you say birthday boy? Birthday yeah. boy. Oh, I didn't know. Well, excuse me. Well, you ain't been paying attention, day. sir. I have not. Dad, today has been a day. So, birthday, <laughs> dude. And welcome thank to you, the show. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome thank to the you. show. Man, we got, but I know we had things to celebrate this week and next week. A lot of things going on here. Now that Will's here and the whole team is here now, we can move on to, hey, look at that. Will getting some love. Look at that. 
There we go. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take. I'll take whatever I can get after this year, man. Shoot. <laughs> hey, look. You just missed a, a beautiful monologue by Mr. Jamal here. That could have just ended the show. It's just that damn good. But look, now that you're here, we have to talk about the other big thing of last night, and that is, well, as we know now, officially signed and is elite. Mr. Sting is now part of AEW. Now, I'm a big Sting fan. He, I'm a, I can't trust enough. I'm a big WCW fan. So, what, Sting, one of my favorite wrestlers. I know one of y'all want to say Hoopin 2 is one of my favorite wrestlers for no apparent reason, but yes, <laughs> yes, that is true, but th- we're not talking about Hoopin 2 right now. <laughs> I will get Hoopin 2 on the show one day. Like, I, I, I just, it will happen. But, Sting, it, we make it this now, and I'm going to throw it to Will first, but now that we know that Sting is healthy, he must be approved for contact, but I mean it's Florida, so who knows? It could be any, it could be any rules at this point. I, I don't know, but he's 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 in he's in AEW. So, Will, what's instantly your thoughts? Where are you seeing this going? How should this be handled? Just lay it all out here. What to do with the stinger? <laughs> I know that is the million dollar question. What do you do with the stinger? To, to rewind it before that, to to take it back to last night when Sting when the snow started falling, when the lights went out. And the snow started falling and Sting showed up on TNT for the first time in what, like 20 years, almost 19 years, something like that. Mm -hmm. I guess it was 2001 was the last time he was on air. And we got Tony Schiavone with the it's Sting. That was a hell of a moment. That was a hell of a moment. as As a WCW through and through guy. That was a hell of a moment. I ain't going to deny that. That was awesome. It was a nice little surprise to throw in there. And coming off the couple weeks back where Neville was brought out as a surprise, I was like, okay, this is a big surprise. This is truly a big surprise that they dropped last night. The thing, though, is once it was all done, he comes around, he looks at everybody, and he walks out of there. It's like, okay, that was cool. What do you do with him, though? We're talking about a 61-year-old guy with spinal stenosis who mm-hmm. last time we saw him in WWE really couldn't do a whole heck of a lot. So is he just going to be a manager? Is he going to be just kind of a talking head? How do you integrate Sting in a way that, you know, doesn't have a lot of physicality? Because I just I can't imagine him being what we saw on that last WWE run. I can't see him wrestling on a regular basis. at, six, at, at six, He's going to be 62 in March. So... He's up there. He, he's up match. There. This is it. Like, this has nothing to do with wrestling here. This has all to do with what the Bucks are all about: merchandise, Christmas intellectual. Merch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the shirts are already out, so they definitely uh, were thinking that. But uh, back in the normal world, if you went to go see Sting at a Comic Con. Sting is uh, charging at a premium rate of, uh, I believe it's like between one one twenty and one fifty, depending on where the con is for for picture op, photo op and um, photo op and uh, autograph. So right. Sting is about them dollars outside of WWE. I think all this does is just one of those type of things where. It gives it a creative control to be able to continue to do all that because the Bucks still do all of that stuff. And at the same time, maybe for the video game, toys, giving him some extra dollars. I mean, what can he lose at this point? Him being in the ring, I just don't see it happening. Maybe maybe put him in a spot. Maybe, just maybe you do a, a cinematic wrestling match with him. It, it's, it's there. You got the right people there. 
I'm I'm pretty sure Matt Hardy is uh very interested in wanting to do something here. I just don't think this has nothing to do with wrestling. This has all to do with merchandise, with the Bucks specialize in, and uh something that you know towards this part of his career after being in a, a in ring talent understands how lucrative it is. Sting is literally one of the only wrestlers that is literally at any con, both the top tiers and the bottom buckets. He will just and and obviously ratings. That is a spectacular thing. I mean, and and anytime he comes in, he doesn't have to do anything. Point the bat, a couple of bat attacks, and roll out. Now, yeah, you're right. So, and and again, we can just see uh, where this goes as far as with, you know, Video games and all that other good stuff, but like good for Sting, sixty one getting a contract, full oh, yeah. to your contact contract. Damn. Absolutely, secure the bag. No, okay. <laughs> I have no problem with I'm what not mad Sting at that. is doing. Oh. Get that money and do what you got to do. I'm all for that. It's just a matter of when we're talking a multi year contract, and now the whole thing becomes: what exactly do you do with a guy that's in his sixties and? physically isn't going to be able to do a whole heck of a lot that's the that's the mystery now is how do you use him especially if they're talking about him being a real character now to speak to that ratings thing that we were just talking about next week is going to be the real benchmark for him because yeah. this week was a surprise now you got all the buzz now you know he's there next week's number with him with sting speaks that's going to be the true test is he a draw? Is he going to bring in an audience or is the audience going to stay where it did this week with all the hype for Omega and Omoxley or what? So who knows? I'm very curious to see the number next week to see if Sting actually is going to bring the hype to get people to tune in. And look, huge Sting fan and I'm just not sold on his, uh, his physical health. And if there was any glimpse that he may have done any recovery, we would have known about him doing number one DDP yoga because that's every wrestler's go to at this point. But if he had done something uh, in regards to with his spine and his neck, if he did it in the United States, then there's also not a lot of faith in that because all the big athletes who's ever had these type of complications, Kobe Bryant, Peyton Manning, they went overseas to get procedures done. So if Sting has any chance in being physical in the ring, I think it would have been very, very evident of what he was doing to get back into shape. I think he was just treading water, hoping and willing that he can get clear. WWE said, we're not taking that liability. I don't care what you say. That You have to take that with a grain of salt. Like WWE or not, wanting to see him and The Undertaker matching out, whoever wants that. You have to take into a grain of salt that they're like, we're not even going to chance this one. The fact that AEW did it has to be some type of leverage here saying like, well, we'll sign them something, but I mean, they were worried. We not going to take that same chance. We wouldn't be the ones to ultimately end this guy's career because we were reckless enough to just let him do whatever he want. So if you're going to have him doing stuff, yeah, more weeks of him speaking is what I foresee in the future. <laughs> I think that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be more how they're using the legends now. They're using mm-hmm. Jake Roberts and Tully Blanchard mm-hmm. and Arn Anderson in speaking coach managerial roles. I feel like that's the way that Sting could possibly be more effective. I think another way, if you want to use him in, in a in-ring aspect, not even a cinematic match. You could do a tag team match with him and Darby, like when Taker teamed up with Roman against uh, who was a Shane and Drew. Mm-hmm. And Taker came in, did three or four moves, and kept it moving. 
and just have that mystique of Sting just around the ring or make him a special enforcer for a match or something like that to get people in. Who be in the Raptors in like two weeks? Don't worry. <laughs> well, yeah, well, because because Darby's already hanging out in the Raptors. Yeah. You're going to have yep. Sting hanging out with Darby in the Rafters. They're, they're going to be Rafter buddies. There you exactly. Go. That's all <laughs> it's be. Distant, Socially distant. <laughs> <laughs> all things goes in Florida, man. There's no social distance in there. Uh, so, but, but no, I, I mean, I do want to add, add this though. So when he came in, and then once again, I apologize if I was transitioning coming in. Will you said that? And happy birthday, Will! Big happy birthday! Thank um, you, thank you, sir. When when he came in, even when he was going looking at Darby or looking at Cody, he did not lay one hand. He did not raise one fist. He barely rose his bat. He just took it out his little holster like he was Batman. But <laughs> but basically, like just having that like that mystique, like you said, Damon having that mystique of what he's done in the past and your fear because of that, you know, it just builds him up even stronger and he really doesn't even have to do nothing. Like you said, put him in the ring, maybe do one stinger splash and then have him tag right back out, count some Michael, one, two, three, the crowd's going to go wild with that anyway. Um, so just be limit with him. Do you know, like you said, he's 61. I didn't even realize he was 61. Me either until but, today. But, the, um, the face paint hides it, man. Oh, the it does. Paint, that's the benefit. <laughs> and he's kept his hair that, luckily. I was about so. to say, is that rogue game? The headline ain't. The headline ain't. But he still, he still got the mullet in the bag. So, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, but it's, it's just the fact of, you know, it's just still awesome to see, hey, if Ric Flair can do it, some way, somehow, alcohol or not, drugs or not, you know, oh, I think Sting, Sting could, you know, at least last for a couple of years to do some verbal things, minor, minor match things, but just being a presence in there um, is very impactful. And once again, yep. talking about this impact thing, he has connections with Impact as well. That's a, that's a good connection. Yeah. yeah, but WWE got most of that library, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, he'll create something new. He'll create something new. But but I will, I will say that... Uh, yeah, Ric Flair and uh, Harrison Ford. Those are two old dudes out on power time. Is it another Indiana Jones right coming now. out? Is it another one coming out? <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. The only movie he care about, he says. <laughs> you might put Tom Cruise in that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I mean, it's a, it's exciting. Everyone's talking about it. So we'll see how Sting is used uh, in the uh, upcoming weeks. I, I, I mean, I'm happy because he's one of my favorites, but like, I'm definitely not over here. Uh, it, and it's kind of funny too how people are like, well, WWE always signed all the old people, and now AEW's done. No one's giving the same. Keep the same energy, folks, please. You know what I mean? Well, but that's but, the but that's the the comparison ends there because we haven't seen Sting in the ring yet. WWE hires the old people to wrestle. AEW hires the old people to be commentators and, and managers. You're so, wrong. Saudi Arabia hires people to get into the ring. Yeah, and- <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> so just to be clear. <laughs> True, they're, true. they're 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 using WWE's wrestling license. That's that's how that going. So, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, what else we going to talk about really quick? So, before we get towards like the news and stuff and that, I'm going to go over and talk about this upcoming recruiting recruit class to the that's reporting to the WWE Performance Center. You have the Rascos, who I just I I would have never guessed it, and I know everyone was so so that was happening, but like even Zachary Wentz, I was like. I don't see how the Rascals can go. And Zachary Wentz's wife is in Impact, and she also just left from over here. And you would think that since they were finally in the brand together, maybe that would have worked out better for them. And maybe there was some 
it could have been some hostility from Kim back with there. I, I I don't know, but again, this is what he said it was just they say all say it was their childhood dream, and all three of them signed there together, which is awesome. Um, you have uh you have the WNBA um talent that signed. Then you have a uh, somebody who I'm not familiar with uh from all Japan wrestling, and then you have Alex Zane from the Indies who have um also signed. So they have a nice little new recruiting class. Uh, does anything out of any of these people do they stand out to you? Any predictions? So on? and Celis has been the most jittery person on this show I've I'm ever saying. seen. <laughs> Are you drinking coffee? No, it's my it's my water. It's my water. Go Niners. Okay. It's my water. But with this with this class, does anything instantly jump out to you all, or what, what do you think? I know the easy answer is two or five live and whatever. But like, what, what do you see? What do you make of this? Yeah, I mean, my, my initial reaction was just okay obviously the rascals they can plug into the tag team scene in nxt just like that and lord knows nxt like can use the tag team scenes okay but it could use a boost it could it could really use some fresh blood so i think the rascals showing up there would be perfect alex zane i think they could really either put him in nxt or they could put him in 205 live i think either way being his move set now flashy a lot of his stuff is i could see them possibly wanting to put him on 205 live but who knows he could end up in either either or position right there i think now that girl from the wnba that one's interested that's mm-hmm. one. Of, it's been a while, so I guess it's still kind of their one of their mo's to to do the idea of we're going to hire an athlete Athletes. and try to train them from the ground up. So they still do that stuff. So I'm going to be curious to see what happens in that. But that's obviously that's a long term project. That's nothing we're going to probably see any dividends for right away. But I would think the Rascals and Alex Zane they'll probably be in the mix pretty quick, especially from what we've seen happen with uh, August Gray who now is all over the place and uh, Mm. Kurt Stallion showing up on two Oh five live. It seems like the people who are names on the Indies and been able to go, they're looking to add people to the mix right away. They're not doing the deal of, Oh, you come to NXT. Now you got to spend six to eight months before we even do anything with you on TV. Now they're like, Hey, go, go do it. So Mm -hmm. we might see some of these people a lot sooner than we think. Well, from what I remember, the last signings before this one, they've shortened the developmental contracts. I think now they're no more than six months to get a quick look at people as opposed to keeping them on for two years before they jump on our main screens, which I which facilitates people moving on to the main roster sooner rather than later. I think the people that they've signed indicates that, yeah, these guys and gals are going to be pushed a little faster through the developmental system so we can get them TV ready. The Rascals already have been TV ready. They just have to get WWE ready. I'm intrigued because uh, I'm the, the women's wrestling guy. I'm actually intrigued about Anriel Howard mm-hmm. because all people keep telling me is she's 5'11". She used to be in the WNBA. But to two, two James' point, they're bringing in another female athlete. Not a wrestler, an athlete. And we've seen what, and I'm not going to make the comparison just because they did CrossFit or whatever, but Bianca was an athlete. They brought her in and look what Bianca did. So now we're looking to expand to bring in more athletic women who just don't fit the wrestling mold. Think about it. Raquel Gonzalez, it took her how many years to get finally on on our screens after being in the Mae Young Mm -hmm. Classic? How long? So now you go out and you recruit another five foot eleven athlete who towers over a typical women's wrestler. Of course, you're going to bring her in. Why not? She looks like she's going to put the mandible claw on you and then that's a wrap for you. I am I am all for the new signings. I know people are whining about, well, where's Trey? Where's Trey? Look, man, wherever Trey goes, we're always going to root for him, too. But the Rascals being there, it boosts up the, the tag team division. 
to be quite honest. The fact that Everrise is on my screen in, in NXT bores the hell out of me. So if the Rascals beat the crap out of them and have five stars with Imperium, I'm all for that too. Yeah. By, by the way, um, the big issue with, um, uh, what's her name? The the, um, the WNBA player? Unreal. Yeah. The big problem here is the WNBA. She got drafted 2019. She's already in another profession. Pay the women. They got to do something True. about what they what they're doing over there. The WNBA um, is 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 not it's not even comparable to the NBA. And like, sure, we can talk about average. Well, well, well for sure. I, I mean, we can talk about you know what seats are be, how many seats are being sold at events and sponsorships and all that other stuff. But it all starts with making the players happy first. And everything else will follow. Yeah, well, but the game is what it is. So mm-hmm. you have to sell the game better. That's the same comment that Britt Baker made a couple weeks ago about women's product. Like, like, hey, no, no, don't. This isn't a bathroom yeah. break. God damn it. This is mm-hmm. the show. Watch the show. So I can't. So I'm not going to say that culturally, uh, you know, it's what male dominated society thinks of women in there. That's what it is. But the bottom line is that people need to watch the show. So that the companies can go to advertisers and say that, hey, people are watching the segment. But when you have a, a segment, for example, in AEW, it's not 25 p.m. Eastern. They always put women in that spot because that's the come down spot from the nine o'clock, you know, top of the hour, big you know, spot to keep people, fans invested. And 925 after that segment's over, you put the women in there for five or eight minutes. And then at 940 ish, you have the main event. It's the bathroom break spot. So I can't say that like they're not earning what they they should be earning. They aren't. But also, people, guys, watch the fucking product. And, and Jamal, and I know you big soccer fan, make the same argument about women's soccer, who at times can even be more entertaining wait, wait, than big soccer. soccer fan? You don't watch soccer? Ask me how many soccer games I've ever watched in my life. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, he's a big baseball fan. Regardless, that, yeah, that's like San Damian's uh, fucking Dominican. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to know the point of that joke, go tune into episode two ninety eight. That's what. That <laughs> Take it back one week to when we were talking Thanksgiving and how that was going to go down. Oh boy. Oh boy! I mean, it doesn't matter. By the Damon's... way, none of y'all asked me about my my vegan Thanksgiving. By the way, yeah, I was gonna say regardless of what regardless of what I said, Damien ultimately dis- disrespected any nationality at the fact when <laughs> vegan or Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm alive. That's what matters. I don't think I'm ever hey, gonna man. do that again. But man, that was <laughs> tough, man. You look good. You look. You look good, man. You look good. No, it's women's soccer too. Also, something that's very popular. That doesn't. I mean that. Really does gets paid nickels and dimes, and yeah, you can make hard. But yeah, but yeah, but yeah WNBA like it's it's kind of crazy. Once I seen you drafted two thousand nineteen, I was like, wait, what? Like, aren't they aren't uh, rookie contracts at least three years? What happened? So I don't know. Anyway, Jamal, back to you. What else do we got for um, the news and stuff for this week? Okay, so in the news this week, obviously, uh, the big story, of course, is from last night, was uh, all about AEW, um, bringing in Sting, uh, Moxley losing the belt to Kenny Omega, uh, Don Callis having a hand in that and saying, see you on Tuesday. Uh, People suddenly needed to know what the hell Impact is and what channel uh, does it come on. Um, (laughs) Impact is on Access TV. Check your local listings. 
if you don't have access uh, or you're not in America, uh, you can do it on Twitch. Now, the problem is, is that I think the Twitch stream is region locked to the U.S. Yeah. So if you don't, if you're on Twitch and outside of the U.S., then I'm not going to tell you to set up a virtual private network, but I'm not, not going to tell you not to do that either. It, no, they just get it on. They get it on Wednesday, and back has a That's deal a with. Country. Yeah, yeah. But like in the UK, I think it airs Wednesday morning. In Australia, it doesn't. So, yeah. uh, Impact does have like you know, you, you if you want to find it, you'll find it. That, that's the bottom line is, and you have to Tuesday to do it. I think the interesting thing is is when yeah, be- free free sports Wednesdays, uh, Sky, Virgin, B and BT, and uh, Freeview, all on Wednesday. So now the question is going to be, how long is AEW Dark going to be? Dark right. usually has been running consistently well north of 90 minutes. The last right. few weeks, they've been well over two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, the longest, right. The longest show is two hours and 45 minutes. Uh, last Tuesday, it was somewhere around the 217 mark. That obviously bleeds well into impact. So if you have your, your guy, Kenny Omega, your new champion, making his first appearance with the belt on another channel, which I think is a gutsy move. Well, granted, not a lot of people know what AEW Dark is. Only 20,000 or so people watching YouTube live. But you need all the eyes you can because Impact is so limited to watch the product, to get that product. I wonder if they're going to, you know, how that will be affected. So that's going to be interesting. Um of course, out of all of this, as the wrestling world and at least in North America has been shaken up, where does this leave WWE? Now, my question to you guys is, and we can go around the horn with this one, is who do you think WWE, if they were to partner with somebody, should partner with somebody? Because Triple H was asked this question, and I'm going to read you his answer. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. they got control of all the super indies. <laughs> I mean, to say it, but at the at, at one point, Chakar was the answer. Yeah, and uh, well, oops, right the the biggest damn elephant in the room that would be the biggest damn shocker would be New Japan. Mm-hmm. That would be the biggest shot across the bow that like Ooh. Kenny and them would probably like be dumbstruck. That yeah. would legitimately yeah. like probably shake be a, be like a a seismic move to make. Right, because they they absorbed Ring of uh, Evolve, and there's no way in hell Ring of Honor and them are teaming up whatsoever. So who does that leave them? No one beside New Japan or even what DDT Pro, but you know they're not going to do that either. So who they left with? WMAC Masters. Uh, (laughs) That's who they left with. But no, I don't, pack. I, I, there you go. Uh, he still could be Luke Kane in Mortal Kombat <laughs> in January. So, I mean, okay, but but still, uh, I don't think anybody, though. I'm, I'm really thinking, but I don't think anybody. I think it actually would be better for WWE to, to call down to Mexico immediately and talk to AAA. Mm. Because, and the reason why I say that Lucha deal? Japan is because they already have luchadors in WWE. Casual fans know what a luchador is. So you may not know the history or the whatever, but you know Rey Mysterio is one of the biggest guys you got. So based on the strength of that, it would be beneficial to call in some guys from to bring that more of that style to uh, the U.S. and actually have a partnership. Obviously, the Mexican fans probably should know what WWE is because WWE. 
but that would bring in some new blood and a new style that Americans may not be used to. You could argue New Japan as the bigger of the two between New Japan and AAA, but I'm willing to bet money that casual fans don't give a rat's ass about mainstream Japanese wrestling. It looks different. It sounds different. It is different. And they don't have enough American stars over there to give a shit about. So also, also, because Mexico is in relatively the same time zone as most of the U.S., being central time, it's not a problem for everyone to watch at once versus trying to figure out when the hell New Japan is going to air at four mm-hmm. in the morning Eastern. So on a Thursday, because they only run shows once every fortnight. So I think a WWE AAA matchup, a AAA um, collaboration would be fantastic. I think NXT would probably benefit more from that because it's more of a cohesive uh, mesh there. But I would be very excited about that. Triple H, uh, during his uh, media call for TakeOver, which is this Sunday, um, and I don't know, is TakeOver going to be at the Performance Center or in Orlando? I would want to know how the hell they're going to fit two rings inside of the Performance right. Center, That's a good which question. is about the size of a footlocker. <laughs> so, I, you know, they'll make it work, obviously, but I, I was thinking Orlando. Either way, uh, Triple H told Metro UK, um, he said, like, look, in the past, uh, we've had progress, ICW, Evolve, all those things, and we're open for business in a lot of ways. People's thoughts, misperceptions, their perceived knowledge of what we do and how we think is often greatly misinterpreted and not necessarily accurate. Are we open for business? Are we open for the right business opportunities? Yeah. At the given time, we're open to things depending on what they are and if they're beneficial to us for the long term. Now, this is the real important part. When I say long term, I'm not talking about three months or six months. Long term, 10 years, 15 years from now. Mm -hmm. Is that beneficial? Is that meaningful? Is it long term? That's how we think. It's a much longer duration. Not necessarily something worried about minute by minute. It's the long duration, uh, which I think would benefit AAA and WWE more. If that's how they're thinking long term, I think that that's something that's the most likely to happen, um, even though hell will have officially frozen over, not because of climate change, but because WWE is, has an on-brand uh, marketing agreement with another company. Uh, so get your North Face jumpers in hell, because <laughs> I think that Triple A happens, and we have Triple Mania in, you know, like Charlotte Flair Triple Mania, or we have, you know, it's it, yeah, it's a miracle. Tony Khan's tweeting. We got a Twitter alert. Tony Khan tweeting again. Breaking news. Breaking news. Hey, Jamal, really quick. With Saudi Arabia kind of being out of the pitch right now, I mean, are are they, would you almost say that they're desperate to make something happen like that? So that. WWE is? Yeah. No, absolutely not. Why would they be? I mean, they obviously have their own universe. Yeah, I get it. And they're in the green financially, but like, that was still a big attraction that they marketed as as big as WrestleMania. But when you think about when you think about AAA and how big that, and you brought up Triple Mania, which made me think about it. Do you think that working something like that is also is same as is same if not even as big as a draw as them just doing that big secondary WrestleMania in Saudi Arabia? So the thing is, is that that doesn't mean shit to Americans though. Nope. 
So as much as I would like to think these guys need to be established. Now, I say that there's a familiarity with casual WWE fans and luchadors because of guys like Rey Mysterio or Hoovy or, you know, um, Psychosis or whoever. Um, God forbid they bring the Mexicals back. But the idea <laughs> is, please don't. That's just good for no one. Uh, but the idea is that because it's a familiarity, you have a jumping off point for casual fans. You don't really have mm-hmm. that in, with with the Japanese in WWE. Because who was no. the last great Japanese wrestler? And don't say Asuka, because I don't consider Asuka to be a Japanese wrestler from Japan. I consider Asuka to be a WWE wrestler that just happens to be Japanese. So we used to even even Asuka now, you have Kayentai as like the last you know, Japanese stable and then Yokozuma and, and Mr. Think, Fuji. Nakamura. Nakamura would be the last one that'd be like a modern translation. I totally forgot about Nakamura because they mm. buried his ass after that. After now he now he's not Harper. like now he's not at that level. But when he first yeah. came in, I mean hell, he had the you know WWE title match at WrestleMania and everything. So and the Warrior Rumble all at, that. at right. first well, so he did was, Oscar. So, yeah. Right. Sure, so, both okay, of them won the same year. All of those things considered, we're talking about four or five people in twenty years. Yeah. Versus a, a lineage of luchadors, so right. uh, they need to call down to Mexico. I think that that's what that's where you sprinkle the seeds, and then you just get somebody in. I don't think it needs to be an invasion type of thing, but like once they if, if they have a house show next year after this whole thing blows over to a point, and they have a triple A you know running at a house show, that would be something that would get the gears going. But who would care? Like to your point, like nobody, nobody cares about the Lucha House Party now. So imagine if you bring in other luchadors from AAA. Are anyone well, going to care or even know who those people are? Except to be fair, I, go ahead. Can I, I? I mean, I would think that WWE, in regards to global domination, putting <laughs> camps camps all over the place. I think how can you not think about gaining territory without becoming a bigger staple in Mexico. If I'm not mistaken, the trash and AAA are much more popular than what WWE is down in Mexico because it's always, there's always running, but this still will help them gain, you know, leverage there, more territory, more fan base. I mean, again, I can, I can also draw this to boxing. I know a lot of American boxers like taking fights with Mexican fighters because of wanting to gain popularity in those territories. And the promoters say, well, we know we'll have half and half of Americans want interested in this, but Mexicans always ride with their bosses, and that's bringing a whole country into a fight. And I think when you think about marketing and, and strategy, I think that it makes sense for WWE. But do they understand that this makes sense for them? Or are they just sitting on their throne like, we're the biggest company and, every, and that's all it is? So I, I think that there is there's money to be made because when you think of television wise, um, a there's a history, um, but you have to let the guys coming in be themselves. Yeah. Right. You can't let them That's be the a WWE product. Um, you guys, I think you know, two James, you went to Dallas and you saw Nakamura uh, versus Sami Zayn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in his first match in NXT, mm-hmm. that's not the same guy that transitioned to the main roster. Nope. So, don't know where that guy been at either. I don't know. He got lost some damn way. He's on the wrong bus. <laughs> Rumor has it he's still roaming Florida right now. 
But <laughs> the idea is if you let these guys be the people that they are in Mexico and bring that history, Los Angeles, Phoenix, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin are uh, markets with a million people each on the low end. That's a fuck ton of people that have a strong Mexican community. And that doesn't include Chicago, New York, Atlanta, and Miami and Tampa. They have another strong Latin community that would have something to tap into. There's a lot of people in the country that would be interested, uh, that could be interested. But if you're talking to just casual fans and a bunch of Mexicans running into the taco truck, I'm sorry, that's a McMahon thing. We can't have that. We need to let them be who they be and bring bring their style across the border instead of checking in with TSA. And that's, you know, that's how you get the Mexicals. We don't want yep. that. Yeah. Uh, yep. So Tony Khan's tweeting. Um, of course, he's over the moon about his uh, his show and uh, how they kicked ass in the ratings. Uh, Nine hundred and thirteen thousand to six hundred fifty eight thousand. Two hundred thousand plus more people um, watched AEW over NXT. And considering that this is the go home show for Takeover, two hundred thousand people watch AEW more. Watch AEW over NXT. NXT ratings actually went down about seventy five thousand from the week before, where they were virtually tied. Um, but you know, Takeover looks to be very interesting. But it's still kind of like, well, goddamn, the word got out that that Sting and everything else that happened was in. Miro, he ain't tweeting, but he went to Twitch after the show. <laughs> because it's it, you know it's interesting that he said because now that he's live on Twitch, he said and I quote: "We have a new champion, Kenny Omega. You're on the watch. I'm watching you. You ran away with the title like a little bitch, fucking ball-headed guy who got roses all over the ring. Who the fuck is that guy anyway? It doesn't matter though. It really doesn't matter. Look, you guys love Kenny Omega. I guess you love guys running away like little bitches because I would never do that." I'm not a runner. I never hide. I never run. I take my fights one by one. And if I fight the face like a man or a woman should, there I've said it, be a man or a woman and not a chicken. I'm not saying that Miro and Kenny is the feud that I expected in 2020, but I'm here for it. I'm also, I'm also quick to say that since Miro's doing this gamer dude gimmick, these are the type of same people who curse at me when I play Call of Duty. So he's right on par here. Like, <laughs> same, same energy. <laughs> About um, Miro, uh, Tony Khan said, and I quote in his uh, media call, he said that Miro's going to be a big star here. He It's really hard for people to come into AEW. We have a ranking system unless they come in at the beginning of the new year. We didn't want to wait till January, and I couldn't just shoot him into the main event with no history. He's got to build up and build stories. That ain't true. He did it with FTR. That ain't no, true no, at all. That, no, that's, that's that's not true. That's That's wrong, actually. Because FTR definitely built up the rankings. They were like 7 11 and 0 when they had their title match. Plus, it was they're a 11, tag team versus singles. I think they're like 11 and 2. Well, okay. With that, I'll right. give you that. So, like, they definitely have, like, you know, more than a, a dozen or so matches. Yeah, let's say nine. They definitely had like nine matches before they were seriously considered the entitled picture. And also, that applied and reflected in the rankings as well. I'm just saying, the ranking system may actually matter more, to, more than people think. Um, but, but they've also established that they can just throw a battle royal out there and like jump the line with a battle royal. They've they've right. done that too. Yeah. So it, it goes it goes it goes both ways. If they want to get around, thirty it, they people can. in a battle royal, you should get thirty wins. 
<laughs> That's spoken like a true Reddit user right there. <laughs> uh, a person that I didn't know who existed before earlier tonight is Kevin Quinn. He was a senior director of editing, technical director, and, di- and director of VP and technology for WWE. Sounds like he a was, cool job. It, it does. He's like the right-hand man to Kevin Dunn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So after 35 years of the company, he was released. On Monday, he took part in a Reddit Ask Me Anything uh, where he answered fans' questions. What could possibly go wrong? Right. So <laughs> he says about uh, Kevin Dunn, he's known that he's he's known him longer than he's known his wife. If you could figure out what you could do well with him, he appreciates you. He knows what the fan wants. And if a crew member screws up, what he's trying to get across, God bless him. So it sounds like Vince Jr. right there. Uh, <laughs> fan asked about the constant camera cuts, which he noticed that the um, that it's a part of Kevin Dunn's philosophy, which comes down to more is less. Because Kevin Dunn. Um, he had generally <laughs> you know, nice things to say about WWE because obviously he's worked there for 35 years. But it definitely is... Uh, Kind of corroborates a bit of the um, the rumors and the stories that have been heard that it's like it's it's completely crazy, but it's kind of a controlled chaos. Uh, and you better learn the ropes quick, or the ropes will they will hang you with those ropes. Um, about Vince McMahon, uh, apparently they're going to be filming a tribute with the troops on Friday morning. McMahon has said to be insistent on the doing the show this year, even because they had to do an altered format. Uh, apparently they will air uh, this Sunday on Fox. Check the local listings. Um, because of the football, it will be airing at different times around the country. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, good on them for doing tribute to the troops. It's going to be interesting to see what that looks like. Uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr., he is done with MLW. Court Bauer said so. He says he's out. Um, and after leaving the Opera Cup uh, in, like, the first round, he's – Done. Two and a half years in in MOW. It'll be interesting to see where he uh, winds up. But add him to the list of like pretty spicy level free agents that are floating around there out of the indie scene. Uh, We obviously saw, you know, we we know that Triple H is going to be helming the takeover uh, this weekend. He uh, did a conference call earlier this week. And he said that uh, he, he spoke about the UK Heritage Cup. Um, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov is going to be a goddamn good match. Um, he talked a little bit about Pat McAfee and uh, how he surprised him uh, a lot more than he thought he would. Because when you look at Pat McAfee, you go, no. Um, but no, he's <laughs> able to. <laughs> just a hard no. Uh, he's actually able to hang in there uh, faster than he should. So WWE... I think that's probably what they what they need to do. Don't I'm not saying they shouldn't hire more wrestlers, but they they need to be able to mold the people into being who they need them to be from the ground up, instead of transitioning from the thing that you the thing that got you there into what they you think that they can do. And I think that's kind of like learning the language. It's easier to teach a child than an adult. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's probably good on them for, for doing that. And that may be interesting to see, you know, ex-athletes or current athletes uh, get out there and take it to and take it to the ring. Speaking of the ring, 
if you would like to see yourself on the world famous Ask for by name WWE Thunderdome this week, you can go ahead and uh, sign up for WWEThunderdome.com. Don't all do it at once or you'll break the website. Uh, John Cena, <laughs> I did not know that he was so poor when he lived in Hermosa Beach, California, suburb of LA, that he went to this pizza shop to challenge the big pizza challenge. And basically, it was a big, thick Chicago style pizza. And oh, if no. you could eat it in 20 minutes, it was free. Oh, now, yeah. Cena is a gym rat. And if you don't know what a deep dish Chicago style pizza looks like, it's basically a cake or um, a, a, you know, thicker than a quiche, basically. But it's a size mm-hmm. of a pizza. And he murdered it immediately because he was so broke that he couldn't afford a single slice. He crushed the challenge for free. And after more than a few days of doing that, eating a whole pizza a day, the owner said, okay, I see what you're doing. If you want a slice, you've earned it, I'll give you a slice. You can't enter the contest anymore. But, um, <laughs> but, some, but, uh, but Cena went from game of the system to eating a pizza today, and according to CelebrityNetworth.com, he is worth $60 million. Ooh. Right. Uh, probably add more money to that list because he has two children's books coming out uh, scheduled from April of 21. Uh, Pat Patterson, dead at the mm. age of 79, uh, you know, the Montreal native, uh, died in Miami, Florida. And he is uh, one of the first uh, openly gay uh, mm-hmm. wrestling, wrestling superstars to ever, ever do it, really. And it was a big taboo where he was to actually come out, especially in the 70s. Now, the interesting thing is that if there's a title that you thought that he, you know, didn't win, no, he probably won it. Um, He's been AWA champion. He's been champions in San Francisco, NWA Hollywood, NWA Wrestling States, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, you know, number 110, and the PWI 500 in 2003. Uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame class of 2006. Uh, he was IWA champion in, uh, you know, once he was WWE 24-7 champion, uh, apparently. Um, he was in their Hall of Fame in 1996, the hardcore champion, too. First ever Intercontinental champion, and he was a one-time North American heavyweight champion, uh, if this matters. He won match of the year with Sergeant Slaughter in April 1981 from the Wrestling Observer. Uh, yeah. Pat Patterson, age of age, age of seventy nine, uh, but still a. That's the career that you want to have, and he's just oh, yeah. people have been talking about him for ever in WWE as one of the architects and one of the pillars of the company, mm-hmm. um, and he's definitely one of Vince McMahon's right hand men. So good on him, uh, Pierre Clermont, also known as Pat Patterson, one of the greatest to ever do it. And that's the news. Yeah, and the tack on to those accolades, creator of the Royal Rumble. Yes. Created the whole darn the whole darn gimmick match. If you're a fan of WrestleMania six with Hogan and Warrior, he laid that match out. So many of like the great legendary WWE matches, he was behind them as far as laying them out, known for finishes and like coming up with that kind of stuff. Like truly Vince's like lieutenant in so many ways for decades. So yeah. Godspeed, Pat Patterson. And Can I, I make this one? Oh, people want to go. 
if people want to go back and watch that Slaughter versus Patterson match, it's I've awesome. watched it a couple of times. It is a brutal, for the yeah. time, brutal bloodbath, and it was awesome to watch. Yeah. Please go back and check that out if you haven't checked that out. Yeah, it's on YouTube. I posted the link to it this week. It's awesome. It's amazing. Hold, will, holds up. I will also add this. Um, you always think about how people are reincarnated in a way, but, you know, through sports and wrestling, like you see similar players over time in NFL or NBA, like they remind you of players of the past. I think somebody that kind of reminds you what he was that now then is probably Chris Jericho with that mindset or ability, you know, in the ring of what he can do as far as his mindset of, mm. of what wrestling is. Um, so appreciate now what Chris Jericho was doing because a lot of what he do now is from what you saw Pat Patterson do back then. So just keep that in mind. But once again, um, rest in peace for outstanding career and person he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave my thoughts earlier, so I don't want to take up any more of our time. But yeah, definitely one of the greats. And I mean, there's a, I mean, a lot of people like to always talk about how much uh, Dusty Rose pioneered the sport. I think Pat Patterson, if you, if, if Dusty Rose pioneered it, then Pat Patterson engineered wrestling mm, is. Yes. So um, definitely uh, in boots that cannot be filled. So, uh, well, I think that's going to do it tonight. I, something I was going to bring up again about impact, but I cannot remember, but I will say this, that, uh, again, you know, to kind of see where this all goes with uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis, it will be on Impact uh, Tuesday, 8 p.m. on Access TV. Uh, That should be interesting to see if a match is made of some sort or if they're just running between shows. Um, Impact is is, is taped, so kind of wonder how that's going to happen. Um, because what I've read before, two chains, is that they've been done with their tapings already for 2020. So I wonder how they're going to incorporate that now. Yeah, just get on. I mean, at at this point now, they'll fly, they'll 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 take the plane, or they'll just drive up to Tennessee, uh, (laughs) get in the ring, do what they got to do, and get out of it. You know, have whoever they need involved there will end up doing it. You know, people are talking about the show. Yeah. Oh, I know. I was going to say now. Now, the real question here, when you talk about ratings, now. The rating spike oh. for AEW, and I think that has a lot to do with that main main event. Well, I'm curious to see what happens with Kenny Omega to Impact and what happens with their ratings. Is Kenny Omega the, mm-hmm. the really is is the real demo god here? So, be curious to see what happens with those uh, those numbers uh, come Tuesday. And again, that's that. That's not in competition with anything. So that's just flesh. Eight o'clock, it is what it is. So we'll see. And of course, you don't expect that segment to be nowhere but the very end. They're going to keep you waiting for that one. They are going to keep you waiting for that one for sure. No, but seriously, Impact has everything to gain here. They got yeah. nothing to lose. So they're yeah. they're in the catbird seat. It's all it's all gravy for Impact, whatever happens yeah. for us. Yeah, oh, yep. no, they have everything to lose. I mean, and, and the thing is, is that if this segment goes absolutely belly up and we don't speak of this thing again, then what does Impact do? Because AEW, this is only one segment. They're only dipping a toe into the water. Impact has kind of gone all in on this and that this has ramifications throughout the rest of the roster. Yeah, no, 
I, you know, the people that are watching Impact are still going to watch Impact. The th- thing here, I think, is just, are they going to draw anyone from AEW to watch Impact? The Impact that's crowd true. is the Impact crowd. Yeah, this has, this this is this is not. It's they have nothing nothing to lose here. They have all to gain. Impact is thriving because of the women's division, if you ask me. So Kenny Omega coming in and what could ultimately boost the men's division or whatever they want to do or just get. Wrestling fans realize my impact is not TNA no more, but impact and they're doing something, getting people to come over and watch. It's when. And if no one watches, then it's the show goes on. They've well, been playing by their own rules the last few months, you know? Well, I say that based on we don't know what impact's bottom line is. We don't know if they're happy with the numbers that they get on TV and on Twitch. We don't know. I don't know how long their, their TV deal is. I don't know if this is like a shot in the arm for impact, which, which initially which leads to some reciprocity. Like, hey, listen, we'll give you a spike in TV ratings for a quarter. You let us have a little bit, a little taste of that women's division because we need it. I mean, yeah. there's that, a lot more than just we impact doesn't have anything to lose. When the bottom line is, is that don't think the AEW isn't getting something from this. Yeah, no, not at all. We, we I mean, we that, again, this was the initial part of it. We knew that Impact was going to get something out of this, but we know that AEW definitely has their hand out ready for the handshake. Something has to be happening. And again, I'll keep campaigning it. The North versus FTR is what has to be at stake here. And the Bucks versus, you know, the Good Brothers has to be at stake here. These are the things that the right people are involved with. Scott DeMora gave the blessing to the talent. The Good Brothers can do whatever they want to do, as they have been already. These are the things that are to come. So, but we'll talk more about this uh, in two weeks because next week is our 300 episode. And we won't be. We don't know what we're talking about next week, so we do want to talk about this next week. Then you got to join in with us and tell us what you want us to Get talk about. For two hours of Mr. Kennedy talk. Yes. Oh, no. Thank you. Thank you. No, I got the no, green no, light. No. I quit. Oh, you're I quit. awesome. I quit. You Shoot, there's awesome. gonna be a half hour on WMAC Masters, isn't there? I'll see you for next week. By the way, if it, if it's anything like this week, expect one hour him in the car. So don't <laughs> worry about how will be for one hour. I maybe don't work situation stuff. I'm gonna have like one earpiece here and another earpiece here. So it's all good. Anyway, like I said, next week from seven to nine, we're live streaming. We do not have topics because you guys can bring us your topics, your discussions. If you want to give a shout out, if you want to just, you know, interview us, questions you have about uh, us and for us, we're here. We're here to just relax, have some fun, uh, interact with our fans. We're going to have some guests from other podcasts, other outlets, friends, and so on. So next week is going to be very, very fun as we celebrate our 300 episode. But as thank you so much for tuning in tonight. This will do it for two nights. We're back each and every Thursday regularly, except for next week, because we're here at 7 to 9 Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for tuning in, folks. We'll see you all then.